Bennett's selected line sets up a win, whilst Bennett's rejected design is set for the bin. This is Quick Link Podcast. Welcome to the show on Wednesday the 24th of February. RCS announced the Giro route today and I am still staring at stage 16 at the sheer madness of it all. I'm pretty sure if you just look from left to right across the stage profile, you'll probably end up with a nosebleed. But let's start with something much flatter. To the United Arab Emirates we go. Sam Bennett took his 50th pro win and first since the Vuelta, with the Dukernik rider outsprinting David Decker and Caleb Ewan on a chaotic run-in to Al Marjan Island on day four of the UAE Tour. Bennett took the fastest line round the final left-hander onto the finish straight, with Decker hot on his wheel, as Ewan chose to go the long way round and couldn't close the gap in time. The longest stage and midpoint of the seven-stage race saw French duo Francois Bidard of AG2R and Olivier Legasse of FDJ go up the road a third of the way into the 204km route, opening up a gap of around four minutes before the bunch slowly started to reel them in over a pan-flat parkour. The catch was made shortly after the second intermediate sprint, with Decker taking third on the line, which would see him take the points jersey at the end of the day from Tadej Pogacar. The pace relaxed until the final 10, when the countdown marker injected some adrenaline into the bunch, as speed increased and sprint trains started to jostle for position at the spearhead. Astana were first to take control after a pair of giant roundabouts, but as the road narrowed again, Bora, Trek and UAE started to drive the front of the bunch. Inside 2k and lead-out men were all over the place. Pascal Ackerman of Bora went first and was swamped, and as everyone came into the final corner, the majority went to the right-hand side of the road, while Sam Bennett opted for the line on the left, and he eventually held everyone off with his late acceleration. Over the line then, the top 10 in order, Sam Bennett of Quickstep. David Decker, the young Dutch rider with Jumbo Visma, taking his second sprint runner-up spot. He's truly having a breakthrough year, a great breakthrough year. Caleb Ewan of Lotto Sudal third, then Elio Viviani of Cofidis, Matteo Moschetti of Trek, Pascal Ackerman Bora, Phil Bauhaus of Bahrain, Giacomo Nizzolo of Quebeca, Fernando Gaviria of UAE, and 10th goes to Caden Groves from Bike Exchange. The points jersey is now with David Decker, while Tadej Pogacar holds firm atop GC despite losing 5 seconds today to Adam Yates. That gap's now 43. Jao Almeida of De Kernick is third at 103. Chris Harper of Jumbo and Nielsen Paulus of EF are the only other riders within 2 minutes. There's 5 riders within 5 minutes, then the gaps blow out to over 8 outside of the top 10. There's a big ramp to tomorrow's finish in Jebel Jais, not as iconic as Jebel Hafit, but into the mountains, gaps could be consolidated or closed should any of the top five crack. The final 20k tomorrow are at an average of 5% or more. From one Bennett to another, and George Bennett of Jumbo Visma has expressed his disappointment that the New Zealand National Federation have rejected a design proposal for his road champions jersey, the title he won 10 days ago. The design he submitted features the Silver Fern logo of New Zealand resplendent on an otherwise all-black Jumbo Visma jersey, designed by Bennett and his wife and sent to Cycling New Zealand for approval via his team. Alas, they rejected it under the threat of receiving UCI sanctions for an unregistered jersey, one which differs from the design submitted to the UCI by Cycling New Zealand, which is a white jersey with the logo in black, as worn by every other national champion across all age groups and disciplines which award the jersey to cycling champions in the country. 
It's a fantastic looking design, admittedly, for Jumbo Visma, but it's a topic we'll tackle on the Roundtable Waffle, which will return next week after we took a break this one to watch some World Tour racing. The design and the fallout has already split us in the group chat, so do look forward to next week's show. Right, wish me luck, there's some Italian pronunciations coming right up. RCS have finally announced the full route for this year's Giro d'Italia, the 104th edition of the Italian Grand Tour, which is sector... Fucking hell, that's an English word, and I even got that one wrong. Which is set to take place from the 8th to the 30th of May. I'm leaving that one in. Hashtag one take grey. As already reported, the race will be bookended with individual time trials, starting with a 9km route in Turin and climaxing with the showdown just under 30km, which rolls into Milan 22 days later. Week 1 sees La Grande Partenza in Turin, before bunch sprints and rolling finishes into Novara and Canale, respectively, and then the first uphill finish on day 4 into Sestola. Catolica welcomes the sprinters on day 5, while day 6 brings the first major climbing day from Frasasi Caves to Ascoli Piceno in the Marche region. More chances for the sprinters on day 7 into Temoli, before a weekend of stage finishes, both featuring over 3,000 metres of climbing, finishing in Guardiola San Fremodi and Campo Felice on the Saturday and the Sunday, before what would be the very welcome first rest day. Week 2 begins by tackling some gravel roads into Montalcino, onto the rolling hills of Siena for day 12, a sprint run into Verona, and then on the second Saturday, the riders will stare up at the Zoncalan. We stay in the Dolomites for a sojourn into Slovenia with summit finishes at Cortina d'Ampezzo on a brutal looking stage 16. And then we visit Sega di Ala, Ale di Mera and Alpe Motta, sandwiching the final bunch finish which happens on day 18. With the dust settled, we then find ourselves in Senago on Sunday the 30th of May, with the riders facing one last test against the clock. A 29.4km individual time trial into Milan to take the Maglia Rosa. I think we got through that okay. There's been a series of races announcing lineups and wildcard spots. We'll start with Ronde van Vlaanderen, the Tour of Flanders, on 4th of April, and they will welcome Arkea Samsic, Bingol Brussels, Sport Vlaanderen Baloise, B&B Hotels and Total Direct Energy alongside Alperson Phoenix and the 19 World Tour teams. The women's race features the 9 World Tour teams on the women's scene. That's Arle BTC, Canyon SRAM, FDJ, Live Racing, the team formerly known as Movistar, Bike Exchange, DSM, SD Works and Trek Segafredo. And they'll be joined by 15 other squads including Jumbo Visma, Drops Lecole, Lotto Sudal and Dolcini Van Eyck. The following Sunday, the 11th of April, sees the first ever edition of Paris-Roubaix Femme. Those nine women's world tour teams will line up on the start in the French capital, joined by the six top-ranked continental teams from last year, that's Astana, Seretizit, uh, Lotto Sidal, Park Hotel Valkenburg, Tipco and Valkar, with nine other teams making the total 24 squads. The men's version has, of course, invited Alps and Phoenix, and they will be joined by all the World Tour teams, Arkea Samsic, B&B Hotels, Bingol, Delco and Total Direct Energy. Finally, the Tour de Suisse, from the 6th to the 13th of June, has invited Rally Cycling and Total Direct Energy. That'll do for the day. We'll be back tomorrow with day five of the UAE Tour and that draggy uphill finish. One pro Zwifter has fallen foul of a data anomaly algorithm and we'll also talk about whatever else the day brings. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Quick Link Podcast and you can find all of our previous episodes, email the team or leave us a voice message for inclusion on a show at quicklinkpod.co.uk. 
Catch us every day for a daily microdose of pro cycling headlines, rotating regular segments, as well as feature-length interviews and roundtable chats. This show is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and YouTube, and you can find us across social media by searching Quicklink Pod. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>